You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome and thank you for tapping into some Untapped Keg. I'm RJ Zimmerman here with my good friend and father. Happy Father's Day, Monte Ball. How you doing, big guy? Good, man. I'm alive. I'm well. It's Happy Father's Day, of course. Love my son to death. Happy to be a father. Proud to be a father. RJ, happy Father's Day to you as well. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, you know what? I got some sleep last night, so I'm doing pretty good. That is your present <laughs> from you. From your children. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. They slept until eight <laughs> this morning. So uh that's all right. <clears throat> that is awesome. And the two people who know just how impressive that is joining us right now. <laughs> Monte's parents. Uh Melissa Ball and Monte Ball Senior. Welcome. Happy Father's Day, Senior. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you too. Both of you guys. Happy Father's Day, guys. What the heck is up? So everybody tuning in, yes, this is my parents. Uh, this is where I came from. These are the two people who gave me these ten toes, these <laughs> caps, both elbows, and my fingernails. How are you guys doing this morning? <laughs> good, doing good. good. Doing good. 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 I, I, good. RJ and I are very excited. We are forever grateful that you guys are taking the time to join us. But um, the reason why... Um, we wanted to bring you guys on for many reasons. Obviously, one, let's check it out. Let's see where does Monte Ball Jr. come from. So our fans are really going to love that, our listeners. And also, two, Father's Day. So happy Father's Day again, Dad. And three, um, we got an exciting announcement today that we're going to get into. But before we get there, we gotta we got to talk about some things. We got to talk about some things. Obviously, you guys sat front row seat. Um, along with RJ as well, too, of my journey to the NFL. Um, that journey started when I was eight years old. And dad, mom, you both remember the exact day um, when I was outside playing football with cousin Cece and uh, went inside and watched, saw you, dad, watching watching the Broncos play. And I started just hammering away at questions with you. So my first question um, is, you know, how fast does time fly? Jeez, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Starting that journey together. And my goodness, we fast forward now to what, 18, 19 years? No, excuse me, 22 years. 22 years. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. old now. You got to get used to that. He's old. <laughs> right. You see, I took two years <laughs> off. He tried to get rid of those two years. <laughs> but um, how you guys doing? And I'd love for you just to share as much as you want about how that started. Uh, how you both were very pivotal, very important pieces in my life, making it to the NFL, uh, the catalyst for that and, and all the above. Um, I'll start. I remember being nervous about you playing football. Um, I didn't know much about football then. And I just remember seeing a lot of people on the field running and a lot of people getting hurt. And I wasn't excited about you playing that sport. It looked dangerous to me. Um, but your dad was like, we got to let him experience what he wants to experience. And um, we'll see if it's a good fit for him. 
Um, if he wants to try it, we should let him try it. And and then it went from there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, what's weird was it was the confidence that you had at eight years old that was, it was more of a, I don't know if it was a confidence or an arrogance, which one it was at the whole time, yeah. but when you, kept, you just kept saying how easy that it looked, that it looked, it just, you just get the ball and run. And it's like, I'm like, well, yeah, he's like, he's like, that's easy. Okay. You know, but, but as time went on, you, you did make it seem kind of easy, you know? Uh, so that was, that was the, the cool part about it, but it was more of, the more it was more of you wanting to learn about the sport that was that was really interesting. That's what made me really latch on to to understand that you really wanted to know how to play this game because you you wanted even if it was dark outside, you still wanted to learn. You wanted to learn something about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you never shut it off. Um, it was always on all the time, um, and that's what was exciting and motivating to me to to, to get involved as much as I did. Also, to help not well, it was you want to quit. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. That's a perfect segue. And then, RJ, I got one more question, man, and I'm yep. gonna let you get one. That's uh, it's, perfect. it's a perfect segue. Um, and that's why I mentioned that this is it's my journey started on that special day. Uh, both of your guys' words, mom, your encouragement, of course, your love, your compassion, dad, your willingness to. to sacrifice your days to be the head coach to get paid virtually nothing <laughs> to deal it with nothing it wasn't virtually it was nothing <laughs> <laughs> nobody brought you donuts they didn't like nobody brought cupcakes that fell down a hill or you know anything like yeah, that we got, we got, he got cupcakes he got lots of thank yous and his heart was filled with yes. those boys filled. Mm-hmm. so yeah dad you had the opportunity to be my head coach and uh I want for us to talk about that first day, my first ever. And again, I don't want this entire thing to be podcast. It's not going to be entirely about me. But um, I want us to talk about that first day, that my first ever practice, fully padded practice. Oh, that was funny. I literally remember. I still feel the fence when I was late. (laughs) That was a funny day. So go ahead. I you gotta 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 shed light on this. Okay. So you guys know, uh, I guess we're from Missouri, so it's hot. Uh humidity. I mean, it's blistering. So football season starts. Average heat during football season is about hundred degrees. Um, with humidity, you know, hovering around 85, 90. Um, so here we are out in this field, you know, uh old softball field, and we were sitting outside the fence, parents were, and they were inside the fence playing back and forth. Um, this was the fourth day of practice because you got to go three days with no pads. And then the fourth day, you get to put pads on. So it's the first day the kids had their helmets on, their shoulder pads and everything out in this 100 degree weather. They're playing. They're running plays. I mean, still, I love it at that age. I call them bobbleheads because they're just running around trying to figure out what to do. They don't know what to do. Uh, so you call them. But then you always see those one, two, three kids that know what to do. Uh, and I noticed back then it was always the, the coach's sons. You know, they were always the ones that knew exactly what to do. And so I was outside the fence and they were playing, hitting, hitting, hitting. And all of a sudden, Bonnie gets hit and he just gets up off the ground and his eyes were just wide. And he just takes his helmet off and comes storming over to the fence, 
and leans the defense, and he just looks at us and says, I, I quit. I don't I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hot. The sweat's running in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe I can play baseball or something else. Those words came <laughs> out of his mouth. Maybe I can play baseball. It was like, now, from a parent's standpoint, I understood where he was coming from. But it was a hundred and some dollars in. <laughs> we paid for that season. <laughs> so, and you couldn't get a refund at that time. And so it was like, I was like, okay, fine. You know, you can play something else, but you're going to finish this season. <laughs> right. You know, you're not going to quit right now. I mean, I, on the other hand, was kind of happy because I thought, <laughs> okay, this is a sport that I know nothing about. And okay, well, maybe he wants to play something else that I do, that I can follow, that I, you know, and something less dangerous. So I was just like smiling on the inside and saying, <laughs> okay, well, Mm-mm. hopefully we can maybe pick something else. Yeah. But his dad was like, Mm-mm. that was the day that your dad decided I'm coaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that day, you know, so, and then it was, it was right after that. He, he's like, okay, fine. He put his helmet back on. He gets back in the game and they're practicing again. And then he gets pancaked, hammered. Yeah. I mean, that other coach's kid was just blitzing. I mean, that this kid looked like Ray Lewis out there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, I mean, full form tackling, hitting people. He, I mean, Monty got slobbered knocked. And he got up and he looked and he was like, and, and he's like, you can hit that hard? <laughs> and it's like, yes, you can hit as hard as, you, you know, you know, yeah. barely, but you can hit as hard as you want to. Oh, man, what did you tell him that for? And that next play, you know, it was some play, run up the middle or something, and he hammered that dude, and he got up and just looked, and the light bulb went off right there. You know, the light bulb just went off. You know, he's like, oh, I can do this, you know. Right. So Some context, yeah, so I really didn't get to play ball carrier at first. I was overweight. I was about 10, 11 pounds overweight, so I played very early stage lineman. Um, I think I played – right guard, I think, or center, and and, uh, linebacker. So the linebacker position, yeah, I caught the other team's opponent, excuse me, the other team's running back running up the middle and uh, finally realized that you can hit them as hard as you can, you know, legally. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was uh, quite the day. I still remember that leaning up against the fence, and I was like, I'm done. I want to play easier. And it's funny, RJ, you're going to get Something in the air conditioner. I said something easier like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but now being older, understanding baseball. the game of baseball, the game of baseball is kind of harder <laughs> to play. <laughs> oh, a lot more hand-eye coordination in baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. Got to be a lot more skilled. But anyways, RJ, I'll let you take it away, man. <laughs> After his dunk- Are we sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts? Right, well, you know, I- we need to be. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to say this on air. But there is now a mocha open in Sun Prairie, right next to Dunkin' Donuts. Let's oh my goodness! Go talk about, talk about being competitors. Oh Jeez. my goodness, that's gonna be awesome. Um, <laughs> right, item, yeah, that would be awesome. That's gonna, it's gonna be great. So mm-hmm. we start with football at a young age. You got mm-hmm. a kid who is highly energetic, very highly energetic. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of legendary how much energy this child had. <laughs> how do you deal with kids like that? I need oh advice. <laughs> oh, I needed advice. Help me. Help me. <laughs> I asked his pediatrician. Um, he, I was almost ready to put him on some uh, medication. <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah, when we when we went in for one of his checkups, I was like, that you know, I can't keep up with him. There's, I don't know what we can do because he can play outside all day, you know, with his friends, and he can still come inside and he does not wind down. Like there's no wind down time, and I was like. He needs medication. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor was like, "We didn't like, know well, about we... melatonin like we do now." <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't know about melatonin back then. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was, I was like, "What, what, what should we do?" And he's like, "Well, before you take the the, you know, that route, how about we try to put him into a sport, you know, or do something active with him." I'm like, but he's outside playing all day. He's <laughs> he's like, well, let's try it. You know, you should try that first. And then, you know, if that doesn't work, then we can revisit. Mm-hmm. But the sports seemed to work for him. It really I did. Yeah, I think that's an important, I think that's an important part of of this episode as well, too. Especially to the fathers out there having happy Father's Day. And obviously mothers as well. So parents out there who have children who are extremely energetic. Um the answer doesn't always lie in, you know, pharmaceuticals right? Uh, in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, sometimes it is sports, but also sometimes it is, you know, maybe Adderall or, or what have you, whatever is appropriate for your, your child. But uh, I think that is important for people to understand that exercise, um, exercise. helps your mental health. It also helps to tire out your children as well. <laughs> We're going to be in swimming. We're going to be in soccer. We're going to be in baseball. We're going to be in basketball. Whatever sport they play at the same time, they will have five sports a day. I got to go. drive 40 minutes one way just to get there. They're going. You're doing it. Yep. Mm. Yes, I love uh, – usually we don't interact with the chat, but I want to just snatch this real quick. Jenny made a great point. Sports are great, but also the music industry. Can release similar energy depending on your yes. depending on your temper temperament in the in my opinion I can never say that word never temperament <laughs> there's three words that I can't say and that is one of them the next two I'll share in our next episodes but <laughs> but again so yeah so we start with football at a very young age um, mom you were nervous for obvious reasons um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very brutal sport for for young minds as well I mean it's brutal hey. for for adult minds. Um, but uh, dad, you most definitely were the one to push me in the right direction to continue forward with it. And it's funny that you mentioned that because in my book, I mentioned that as well. About I'm sorry, <laughs> you're what? <laughs> about my book. Yeah. So um, <laughs> to everybody, my book is live right now on Amazon. Nowhere to run. Um, it is called Nowhere to Run. And again, I, I encourage people to type in my name as well on there because it just now been uploaded. So it's going to take time, obviously, for the SEO or whatever, the algorithm for um, Amazon. But type in Nowhere to Run Monte Ball and you can purchase the book and you can get it prime in two days. Um, tell me what you think. Um, it is my tell all story, uh, highlighting my journey to the NFL, highlighting exactly what we already stated um, here in the podcast with my parents early days in football, what started me to, uh, to, to go down that path. Um, and obviously substance abuse, um, NFL, all of the above. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think, but again, you guys, thank you for being on. Um, so after obviously little league football, 
it was high school football. Mm-hmm. Like it all went to Phil, Missouri. Timberland Wolf. Cue the flashback and the marching band. Oh, man. You know <laughs> Bright lights. Deal, you know the deal, man. You know the deal. Oh, wait, RJ, did you play football? Um, <clears throat> I was on the team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not. I swear, I'm not trying to. You were you were really really good at baseball. We know that. I I, I just you played. Yeah. You said the receiver, right? Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I, knew, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah, there, there's probably a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But high school football, I think. Um, yeah, the one thing that I wanted to bring up about that. It's, it's, this, I want to drop a little nugget here for our youth out there who may tune in um, or parents who may are trying to get their kid to that next level. Um, it was obviously high school football, dad, mom, and you guys know exactly what it what got me there. Acceleration. Um, yeah. So I want you guys to obviously shed some light on that. It's about how important it is to 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 train during the off season. <laughs> you have that one. Yeah. So basically we focused on, and it was more of keeping you still burning your energy (laughs) because even (laughs) in the mornings, um, you would go get up in the morning and you would go to school, you would have practice after school, but you would still come home. And it was like, it was more of you still wanting to work. You wanted to work. You wanted more. You wanted more. You was like an open computer. So, you know, we found a facility down in Chesterfield. Uh, that did acceleration, basically worked on your agility, worked on your speed, worked on your flexibility. <clears throat> um, not too much strength building as much. They worked on a little bit of strength building, but it was more flexibility and stuff like that to help with uh, development of children. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I want to give a program because it's, it's a great program. And today they're still doing great things with children down there too. Uh, but it helped you focus on what it takes to get to the next level because you always wanted to get to the next level. Cause at the age of eight, you said you wanted to play in the NFL, you know, yeah. and that's a great focus from an eight year old, you know, and, but to stay focused, we as parents also knew that we had to shield the distractions, you know, um, to get to that level and attain that type of success, you need to block out all the high school other stuff, all the other issues in town and stuff like that. So you would just work out uh, constantly. Sometimes you would even get up before school and work out. Um, it was an obsession to you, which was a good thing. I mean, for your future of what happened. Um, so, so yeah, it was just to, to keep working out, you know, you, you burned your energy that way. And uh, it, it just, it played into your future of showing how to structure a day in a life and a football player and you were doing it at that younger age that you needed until you took it to the next levels. And it was, it was a good building you, block. He, you kind of pushed us and advised us that you wanted to be um, a running back and you wanted to be one of the best you wanted, um, you know, to sh- you strived for these awards and, you know, you kind of, you kind of let us know that, you wanted that additional help and and focus to be the best that you could be. Right. Absolutely. And I, think I, I appreciate you guys sharing that because I, I think it's important for for our parents and, and obviously our, our, you know, the adolescents, the the, excuse me, the teenagers out there um, yeah. 
who may be tuning in to understand the importance of training during the off season. You know, you get the work in during the off season. That's where you experience growth. That's where you experience, you know, you have the opportunities to figure out what you did last season that wasn't correct or some of the flaws that you may have had and you correct them during the off season. That's where you grind, where you work. That's where you build your mental toughness um, for the upcoming season. And so that's important. Um, So I really appreciate you guys sharing that. I'm going to shut up now for a bit. Well, I mean, you know, something smaller, not quite as big, but like uh, I was in basketball as a junior on the JV team. Um, And then I've never even, never suited up for varsity or anything. And uh, in the off season, there was somebody else who was, the coach was focusing on working with and I got jealous. And so I was like, well, why can't I? He's like, yeah, you can come on. So I went in the mornings every morning. I was at school by five 30 in the morning. We yeah. lifted, we shot, we worked on moves and stuff. And I ended up being all conference as a senior. Um, so that's something that you need. You do need to do it. You don't know you, you need to do it until you yeah. do it. And you do it. It honestly showing up in the morning and burning that energy too helped me focus on class uh, during the day. It was kind of it was kind of crazy how I went from junior year to my senior year. All of a sudden, being able to focus in my classes and stuff like I Mm -hmm. did not have good math grades my uh, junior year, but somehow I still made it into AP Calc. Then AP Calc had an A, and part of it was I was actually able to focus on what was going on. So hey, wait, um, wait, wait a minute. What? I've been talking to you now for first off, I've known you now for like eleven years, but I've been really religiously speaking to you now for about two and a half hours a week here on the podcast <laughs> for a year. Yep. And you were in calculus? Yep. <laughs> I had three AP classes in I don't senior see year of high I school. No way. Nope. I was I in AP Chem. Um, <laughs> Unreal. I can see that with RJ. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. That's impressive. So I I was in pre-calculus and I quit day one. Day one. (laughs) Yep. You have three days, you know, you can switch your classes. Yeah. Yeah. The first day I walk in and all these stuff on the board, and I'm like, wait, it's day one. All right, I want to switch. It's like you 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 look at the board, it's like all symbols. Yeah. Where are the numbers? Wait, so I obviously when we were going to school, the matrix was out and we got to matrices, matrixes. And uh, I was like, wait, this isn't the matrix. Why, 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 why is there a TV? What are you talking about? Where's Morbius? Where's the... Where's the... Where's the... Where's the pills? I was supposed to get a pill. <laughs> the pills. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, and again, yeah. I, I, and I think uh, let's let's go ahead and tackle this next part. Uh, we're, we're going to accelerate this a bit because we don't need to journey through my football life. But I want to talk about college. Uh, college football was 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 awesome. You know the awards, etc. We understand that. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the important stuff though. Um, as parents, um, seeing signs of 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 your child um, struggling, struggling, struggling with with early signs of addiction. Yes. Um, obviously, all four of us here are parents, so us two, meaning me and RJ, hopefully, we do not have to experience that. 
Um, but to all the parents out there who have, you know, we most definitely, uh, you know, we yeah. thank you for your strength. Um, so, 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 mom and dad, you know, know how how was that? Um, I'd only have a question, but <clears throat> seeing so, that, yeah, yeah, I think I was one of the <laughs> first ones to see the signs, and I um, brought it to your father's attention, and I just told him that you were a little withdrawn from us. You wanted to spend more time with um, your friends and on campus and with us being right here um, in the Madison area, being as close to you as we were, I thought that you would come home more and, and be with us a little bit more than you were. But then when I, you know, even after your games, you would you would hang out with us for a little bit, but you were always in a rush to go back um, to campus. Um, and I'm like, he's he's going back. To, he's and he's partying. That's what's happening. Is that you know he's he's running from his family, which he he didn't do, you know, until until now. And usually he would spend, you would spend that time with us, you know, like after high school, it was always us going out to eat or, you know, being with family after your games. And when, when college happened, you know, when you started playing college ball, you were doing a lot less of that. So that's where I noticed and started discussing it with your dad. Yeah, I, I was honestly oblivious. Um, I was still focused on football. Um, I, I I noticed what your mom was saying at times, but I took it as more. I took it more as this is a kid that's in college and he's experiencing life. You know, right. I was yeah. that parent at the time where I didn't want to. I don't know if it was more, but I didn't want to confront it at that time uh, to disrupt what was going on. Um, but but now looking back on it, I wish I would have. Um, uh, you know, spent more time on it because I know where our family comes from when it comes with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I understand that path, and <clears throat> I, I, I honestly saying that I've seen it, but I valued your football success at that time more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think there's anything. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go ahead, mom. You were just focused on the football mm-hmm. part. Not that you valued it more. I would and not say the, that. Not the success of what was going on or what was going on. Just the, your path. Because your goal was to get to the NFL. So I was still working on that path. Yeah. No, you know, I think this is an important topic, again, for parents. Because parents who have their children in college, mm-hmm. what what does that happy medium look like? Your right. Right. Um, your kid is going to experiment. They're going to. They're going to. I mean, that's the time when you're supposed to not, not, uh, but not extreme. Not encouraging it, like, but yeah, not like I did. Happy, yeah, not like like media, other people where, did. But where's that happy medium for parents? <laughs> like, okay, my kid is partying, but is it? Are they doing it too much? Or right. like, like what you just said, Dad. You know, they're just experimenting mm-hmm. in college. They're just having their yeah. That's what he thought. Yeah. So that's a that's a very good that's a very good topic and a very good point because. You want for your child to in a very healthy and safe way, you know, right? To have friends, experience college, yeah, in a very healthy way. But where it does it 
Where's that, Where's that balance? Where does it cross that line? Mm-hmm. Where's that balance? And, oh, and <clears throat> yeah, and for me, I was just, uh, I saw it happening more and more with you. That's, that's where I was getting concerned. And I'm like, okay, it's not just after one big game that you want to hang out with your friends and have fun. It's, it started to be after every game, you know, it wasn't just like a championship game or, or, or an important mm-hmm. game. It, was, it started to be, you know, it was just more and more. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is unhealthy. We, we got to intervene. We got to have a talk. So then that was when we, it's, we, we talked, yeah. you know, we talked about it. We, we tried to let you know about the, the, I mean, we even talked about it even in high school a little bit, but we got more in depth and more involved about talking about it in, in college. Once we saw the signs, especially we re- revisited um, alcoholism and what it is in both of our families. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And, and, and again, I don't want this to be a super down podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for, for, Thank you. Thank you guys for sharing that. And I think it's yeah. of those listening is many parents are had to or currently are dealing with a child who is struggling, but the child doesn't even realize it yet. Just completely oblivious to right. what they are falling victim to, unfortunately, and that is addiction. Um, and it's tough practice. in Wisconsin. I mean, it's tough in Wisconsin because everybody drinks like that I'd love uh, in you college, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was in college, looking back there, yeah, I was, I, I was definitely partaking way too much. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I knew all the deals on Mondays, I knew all the deals on Tuesdays, I knew all the deals on Wednesdays, I knew all the deals on Thursdays, you know, <laughs> keep going. So we knew what <laughs> bars we were going to on what night. And, uh, it was, I was, you know, always late for family stuff because, I was hungover, mm-hmm. so I slept too long or I stayed up too late the night before. Uh, I would know that I had to be somewhere at a certain time, and I wouldn't be – I'd be late. sleeping at a friend's house, and next thing I know, i got to run home because my car's still parked at the bar or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah. you know, that oh, – yeah. but at the same time in Wisconsin, you know, my friends didn't look at me like I drank a lot because they were right next to me or, yeah. um, you know, looking at – you know, mons drinking like that. It's like, well, all the other kids are drinking like that because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. what we do in Wisconsin. We don't go to a club and dance. We go to a club and drink, and yeah. <laughs> not just one shot, not just two shot, like ten shots. <laughs> that's, and yeah. that's just not that's not an entire night either. That's like in two hours. Right. Oh wow! That's a great yeah. That- I did notice a difference from Missouri to here. Perfect segue. Um, A a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So we back home, you know, I don't even remember us having alcohol in our house um, Mm -mm. back home. You know, we never had alcohol in our house. Um, If, you know, he doesn't drink because he is recovering. Um, a recovering alcoholic. And then I drink my wine here and there, but I would only do it on special occasions. Um, And I don't know, we just, 
we kind of shielded our kids away from alcohol when we were back home. And then when we came here, it was everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness. When I, when I heard of the Mifflin street party, I was in shock. I'm like, what is this? I'm telling you, it was like complete shock. I never knew of, of them, you know, of anybody allowing college kids to just like drink on the streets and and hanging out their windows with and <laughs> go go I to mean, a college town in Wisconsin. Encouraged here. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah, I go that was college town. I'm not kidding. I was in shock. It was it was so um, different for me. I, I I don't know. It was just eye opening, and I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, mm-hmm. you you guys are encouraging people to drink here. Encouraging kids to drink here is it's just not right. <laughs> yeah. When did when did you guys find out it was legal to take your kids to a bar at any oh age and let them drink? Day one. Yeah. Day like, one somebody told you that. Bragged about it. Yeah, everybody here oh, bragged yeah. about it. No, we're we're happy about that law for sure. <laughs> and we found out I was like, like what? I'm like, no way you can you cannot do that. That's a you know, I, I didn't believe it. No. I was I didn't believe it. <laughs> it's like the unspoken, but, but it is talked about a lot because it's technically still illegal because it's a federal law. Right. You have to be 21 in order to, to drink alcohol. But it's they're very, very laid back. Laid no back no on... cop is going to enforce it, is what it is. Because <laughs> yeah. it's Wisconsin, and that's the right. that's the state law. So yeah, 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 and it's that's <laughs> funny. So I, I appreciate you guys sharing that. Now I, I'm a, I want to get into now recovery um, because yeah. mom, you already mentioned it. Obviously, you are a huge just support, major support system mm-hmm. for dad. Um, his earlier years with with alcoholism, um, yeah. myself. Um, you're helping out RJ as well in your own unique ways um, with his recovery. Um, so I, I most definitely want to now let's talk about this journey, this mm. journey of recovery. Um, and again, mom, I know that you are not in recovery from substance abuse, but I can say it, us two, me and dad, most likely would not be sitting here if it was not for you um, oh, oh. being being our support. <laughs> oh, I, would, I would not be here. Uh, and uh and I know that you help out RJ as well. Um, RJ is part of the family for sure. And so I want you guys to obviously talk about that. You as well, RJ. This is where we talk about our, our recovery now and how that has been. So um, for your dad, I mean, and I, um, we've been together for a long time since we were teenagers and um yeah. Hey, well, let, let, let's get into that. Age fifteen, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ooh, well, I was I was fifteen. He was sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fifteen. He was sixteen um, ooh, when we yeah. started dating. And yeah. Long time. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. did our share of, of partying too. Um, I, I had no. I partied enough. 
He <laughs> he kind of introduced me to partying because we. Oh, were. here we go. Here we go. The bad he, influence. Uh, not bad not blaming anybody. <laughs> not not blaming anybody. It was just something that he was doing at the time. Yeah, it was just what he was doing at the time, and I just joined in. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, well, you guys look like you're having fun. Hey, why? Well, I didn't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, the fun started getting scary. <laughs> really, honestly, it's it really started getting scary. And I'm like, this is not healthy. And this yeah. is not what I want. And we had children early. You know, I had my daughter, RJ's wife. We we had her when she we were 17. 17. Yeah. And um, once Ash, my daughter came along, I'm like, that's she, it. She changed. I did. I was like, there's no more of this. We have a baby and we're young raising this baby. And um, I'm like, there's, there's no more of that. We, we, we are not going to be um, drinking and, you know, partying and stuff, partying yeah, and stuff anymore. I, I, yeah, I didn't follow that path though. No. <laughs> um, it was still strong in me. I still love the partying. I still love the attention. Um, you know, that I was getting from the parties and stuff like that. So, so having a child did not change me immediately. No, it didn't. Um, you know, so we kept going through the, the things, me getting locked up, me drunk and driving and stuff like that. Thank God I didn't, you know, hurt, harm, anybody. hurt anybody, um, through, through, through my, my drinking escapades, but we were in a small town. Um, it was probably when we were kids, it was probably 4,000 people, 5,000 people maybe yeah. in the town. So it was a small town. Crazy. Uh, so Huge everybody knew everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so we would get pulled over by the cops and they would just take us home, you know, because we lived right across the street from the police station, you know, so they would tell us, go home, park the car, don't move it again. Wouldn't say nothing about us being 14 years old with alcohol, you know, just go home. Uh, 14 years old after, driving. Wait, what? Huh? 14 years old driving. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some reckless stories, man. I mean, you got to get home sometimes, and yeah. it's up to you to get the crew home. True. Everybody's passed out. <laughs> I just feel like we're going to step right past that part. We're 14 years old driving yeah. home. Yeah. And... <laughs> Cops are probably drunk. Yeah, well, yep. well, small well, he was town. With my Wisconsin. Dad the day before. Yeah. So, so fast forward, yeah. we're 19. You know, not fast forward too far. Yeah. But we're 19. We have two children. Yeah. That's when you were born, Monty, at 19. Yeah. We have two children, and he still, still. wants to drink a little bit. You know, he we he would try to make these deals with me where I won't drink hard liquor. I'll just drink beer. Hard liquor is what makes me, um, you and know, it, get into trouble. Negotiation phase. So he was, like, a, yeah, he, we were in trying that negotiation phase. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so I tried to agree to that, but that didn't get any better either because he just consumed more beer <laughs> to make up for the hard liquor. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is still isn't working. Um, and now we have two babies, you know, and finally, I think when you were 21. Yep. We moved when, back. We moved back to Missouri because Monty was born in Kansas. Yeah. Um, when we moved back to Missouri, he was two and Ashley was going on four. Yeah. And. We sat down and had a talk because we were living with her her mom, yep. that was grandma, and it was one of those things where I was like, okay, wait, I got two kids yeah. and my wife, and I'm living, you know, with my mother in law, 
for a short period. Yeah, and all I was doing was drinking. So, you know, over the course of that time, the children and my wife together gave me a a path, you know, that shielded me away from the party and stuff like that. And what Melissa brought to the table was she really showed me, and her mom, um, really showed me um, that I had to change my habits. I had to change the people I was hanging around. Yeah. Because without changing the people I was hanging around, I couldn't change my my, my path. I couldn't change what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so that's what I got from Melissa and her mom, you know? Yeah. Because my... No, I'm saying because my family, I love my mom, my, my, my dad, but I didn't get that type of support. Um, from them, um, so it was it was it was life saving. Yeah, that that Melissa and her mom came into my life. Actually, that's awesome, and I I, I think it's there's two things I want to say is is um one I think at the age of 21, you know, mom wasn't your wife yet, so she was still your girlfriend. Yeah, meaning I think which to me that makes it even more impressive that you guys were capable of turning it around when you weren't married. So married. No, you technically didn't have to stay mom. No, uh, no, I didn't. And you don't, when you're married as well, but you understand what I'm saying. It, it yeah. is you, you, you both fought through it, which is impressive. And, and obviously me and my older sister and even my younger sister are extremely grateful. And two, yeah. uh, dad, I think, yeah, you got to give, uh, I'm not telling you of course, but your parents more credit. they, lived through tough times, um, the fifties and the sixties where things were different about the civil rights movement. You're talking about a lot of very tense moments, racial tension at its highest um, in trying to raise children, black children uh, is, is, is is difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Um, very difficult. Um, so I appreciate you guys sharing that. I really do. I really do. Yeah. It helped because my mom, um, my mom didn't drink and, um, doesn't drink. So, and she just wanted us to raise healthy babies, her grandchildren. She was watching out for her grandchildren. She was watching out for us. Um, yeah, we stayed with her for a little while and until we got our own place. And, um, then she sent us on our way in the healthiest way possible and said that you guys can do this, encouraged us, you know, um, she helped us both. She really did. Um, very supportive in that way. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, it's incredible. It is incredible. RJ, what you got, man? <clears throat> All right. So these past what is it, five years? I yeah, mean, man. you know, I think we all know the NFL story. We'll jump past yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go five ish years ago when we're starting down this. So like I'm I've been sober, but like you yeah. you know, you guys were big supporters of me uh putting that oh, down. Man. And I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, so you have Senior, who's sober, and then you have me, who's newly sober. And now we have Mons, who's starting to go sober. Yeah. Yeah. What 
was your goals to try to help him make it easier? Because I, I mean, for to watch your boy, uh, you know, your baby boy go through through Those struggles, these struggles that you can't fix yourself. Yeah. Um, right. What kind of support did you guys, you know, is there examples? Cause I know that you're doing everything you could to make everything easier. Mm-hmm. You're providing them, you know, obviously a loving home and everything, but were there examples of things that you noticed you could do that really helped lift his spirits and, uh, yeah. maybe help so, start that path. This was familiar to me because of his dad um, being a recovering alcoholic. So um, it was sad for me. So it was very emotional, mm-hmm. but I knew that he was also sad and not in a good, healthy state. Um, my first thought process was to um, get him to go to rehab. That was my first uh, thought process. And I tried to encourage him to do that. I called several myself without him even being around. Um, he wasn't even in my home in, you know, and I was calling rehabs. Um, and then finally when he, uh, came home and I just saw it in his face, you know, I asked if I, you know, if we could speak, I was just like, that's it. You know, we, we got to talk. And I remember that talk and it was, and it was, it was hard. It was a lot of crying. It was a lot of tears. And I said, this is it, son. You have to get some help. Um, this is not an option. There's, there's really not an option. I will support you. Uh, we will be here for you but it's something that has to be done. Um, and, you know, I, I don't even know. I just kind of cornered him in a room. I wouldn't let him out. I, I just stood by the door and, and I'm like, you know, this is, this is it. There's no getting past this door mm-hmm. until we make a decision on what is necessary for you to get healthy um, therapy and whether it's rehab, he said, fine, if you want me to go to rehab, mom, I'll go to rehab. I said, but I don't want you to go with that attitude. I want you to go as you need rehab and that um, it will help you. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, I don't think that I need it. I think I can maybe do it on my own and, and with the help of therapy. And I, said, okay, well, we can try that route first. Let's, let's try that route first. Let's do some therapy. Um, I'll go with you. I even went to um, sit with him. I offered to go to AA with him. Um, I've gone to some places with him and sat and talked to other addicts and let him tell his story and sat there and watched and listened. I'm like, I will go to the end of earth with you. You know, just know that you won't be alone in the journey and um, your dad and I will be here to support you. So let's mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And after all those tears, <laughs> I was happy that he agreed because that's the hardest thing for a parent to do is to um, the hardest thing is to talk to your kid and your child, your adult child, you know, 
um, whether it's an adolescent, an adult, it doesn't matter what age they are. You know what I mean? It's hard to face the fact that we are here at this point and what do we need to do? You know, that conversation is tough, but it's necessary. It, right. It's necessary to save their life and to, and to help their mental health and your mental health. It affected everyone in the house, mm-hmm. everyone in the family. So, and that's what people have to understand that, that addiction affects everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I was support. I didn't, I let Melissa lead um, with what we were doing because I, like, like we talked about before, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't know how at the time I didn't, I didn't, we, we couldn't connect. We couldn't. Yeah. You know, it was like the like the pot calling the kettle black. You know, I felt like, how, what can I do? You know, as far as to tell someone else not to drink when when I'm still struggling with drinking. So it was hard for me at the time also to 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 create that dialogue, you know, with you. So I I just I followed whatever Melissa said because obviously she worked with me. So <laughs> you know, she's got experience. Um, so we just let it go there. And I think too, I appreciate you sharing that. I think also. You know, I, I have to take some accountability there, too, as well, because I was purposely shunning you out, Dad, because it was almost the I I, I dare you to say something about my dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were very combative at that point. I do remember that with everybody. <laughs> with uh, everybody. It wasn't just, you know, yeah. one person. And I, <laughs> right. But I think that that's everybody. I mean, I remember when, you know, Jesus. before I quit, yeah. I was... I was combative too. When, when my, you know, my mom would tell me straight up to my face, I'm an alcoholic. Well, fine. I'm going to go get way more drunk tonight than I ever have. And, yep. uh, it was that kind of a thing. And that's when it's tough because, and I can see it as a parent and you laid it out really nice that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. And with a kid, you know, a child, anybody, you have to let, and especially, you know, our, our substance, uh, use, you have to, we have to see it. Cause if we don't see it, nothing's going right. to work. We could go to rehab and it's not going to take, because like you said, he's just going to make you happy. And right. Um, right. Right. Yeah. You have to, you go because you want that, to go. Yeah. You seeing that at the time, you know, that's, that's some real foresight. And I do remember how difficult it was at the beginning. Uh, you know, how tough yeah. you were. Help to deal with. It's, no, I'm not uh, saying tough, tough months was how tough you were, Melissa, oh, and no. helping, you know, being there. Like, it takes a community. It takes a, your family. If you don't have a family, it takes your community. If you don't have a community, then you have to create one. You yes, to, and a healthy one. You have yes. to reach out. You have to create one. And that's what I always say. That's what we say as well here on Untapped Gag is we can be your community um, and we can help you to reach out to organizations in your area um, yes jumpstart that community that you need you need that social connection that social connection is huge for people who who are addicted to substances you need that social connection yeah you need to know that you're not alone um, that you're not struggling by yourself and that you have that support it's Mm -hmm. it's very important and it's also important to disconnect yourself from those unhealthy environments Um, people, people think that they can still continue to be friends, you know, 
or associate with people that are still going out and partying and drinking, but you can't. You really do have to distance yourself from from those type of situations and get into those healthy environments. It's it's very important. It is. It is. And uh, that's I learned a lot of that throughout therapy. Um, RJ um, learned a lot as well. It's it's a journey, and I'm so glad that you guys hopped on yeah, because I want for people to see for one where I came from, who I came from. And also, who helped to shape me into the person I am today? Um, and and so I'm obviously you guys hear it every single day. Almost, I'm extremely grateful to have you guys. Um, so this is awesome. This is all you as well, RJ. I've shared that with you many times. Um, We're grateful for both of you. Yes. <laughs> yep. We're grateful. For you, because y'all got my grandbabies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not just because yeah. of that, but, but yeah, yes. that's a great, that's a great, <laughs> great topic to end on. Grandbabies, the joy oh. of having two sober children. RJ is your child-in-law, a son-in-law. Yeah. So having two sober children who have their children and a son. How has that been? <laughs> been it's been awesome to be honest <laughs> it's it's been really I, it, it's for me i never understood what it meant to be a grandpa because it's like <laughs> it's like you get to do it again <laughs> you know you get to do it again um and and do it differently the way that you did it before not saying you did it wrong before but you get to do it differently now and that's the exciting part about it. And having, like I said, two fathers like you guys, you know, it's like, it's a joy. It's a joy watching them grow, seeing you guys inside of them. Yeah. You know, uh, in their personalities, yeah, their personalities is crazy. I mean, Mavi with his jokes and his, his little, you know, jabs. His little jabs, you know, he's, he's, then, he's, got a, he's got a mouth. He's, he's got his attitude. It's so hard not to laugh. It's so yeah. hard not to laugh. I'm like, where he for sure gets, he gets a little bit from me, but a lot from his mother. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Italian and Hispanic. That views is yeah. right there. You can see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then watching Anari, you know, having having his dad's sense of humor and oh his sassiness, you know, it's <laughs> it's just amazing how sometimes he'll just say something. And I'm like, that's, that's RJ. RJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, RJ. yeah, uh, I'll be OK. You know, something like that, you know. Uh, and then Ezra, you know, it's. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know about Ezra yet. He's a merch. You know, he's, where did he, where did he come from? I, we don't know. He's a little bit of both. He's a little bit of both. Um, he's yeah, the. He you told me not to do it. I'm gonna watch you watch me as I yep. do it. Yeah, See, I think he got a little bit for me, but I don't want to put that in there because that was <laughs> no, that's, that's your dog. That is him. <laughs> yes. That is him. Watch yeah. this. I'm gonna make you, watch and this. I'm gonna do it slow so it's painful. <laughs> watch you. Yeah, you're gonna watch me. Watch you watch. as you watch me. As you watch me. <laughs> that finger. No, yeah, it's no. the best feeling ever. <laughs> finger. Yeah, it, it's best. it's an amazing. It's amazing. To watch this now of seeing where we all came from yeah. mm-hmm. to where it is now is is such an amazing thing, you know. Yes, it is. It, it's it's really it's it's fulfilling. 
it's fulfilling. Yeah. You know, I, I I just would fill my time with work, work, work. But it's like now when the grandbabies come over or like I said, when I can get home in time for the phone, it's just, it's just time. You push everything aside, yeah. you know, um, and it's just it's just amazing. It's the greatest joy. Kudos to you, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to you guys. Yeah. Same for you. It's been one one hell of a journey. It really has. And uh, there's many, many more stories to come. Many more stories to develop. Uh, yes. Like yes. So, yes. This, is, this is only the beginning. <laughs> it really is. Um, I got nothing else. RJ, what you got, man? Advice. <clears throat> so, you know, you you two are very present in each one of your child's lives, like like there at a drop of a hat, uh, <laughs> and you'll do anything. You know, um, you'll you'll drive to Milwaukee at three a.m. to help <laughs> print off a paper that won't print off, or you know, the, just like the smallest things. Mm-hmm. Um that energy that you find to be able to do that where does where does that come from because that does take a lot of energy and uh putting yourself on the back burner to help mm. so that's yeah a lot of that um rj is mental um and it just fulfills our heart um he is a very he was a very giving person. That's what drew me into him. Watching what him do looks? so many things for other people. <laughs> she and just not your right looks, back. Not so your looks. You know that it was your it was your heart. You <laughs> always would do stuff for other people. Um, I remember him helping even people fix their cars. Just he was just always such a giving person. And and that's how I was raised as well. My mom was like, you know what? You might not be able to give money, but you could give your time. You can give your heart, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to pay it forward. And I just love that. I want to segue on something like that, Lonnie, because you need to give my parents more credit. Yeah. And I have to give my mom that credit. Mm-hmm. I got that from my mom because she was so giving. giving. Yes, she was. So much giving. and And I did take that from her. Yes. Um, I, wish I, I wish I had the opportunity to to, to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was more like Aletha with an attitude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was Aletha with an attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. She would snap on you. She's uh, a little bit of Sean and Diane. Yeah. Trust me. I can <laughs> um, be knowing you for 30 years. I trust me. I, 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 yeah. yeah. But to get back on that, RJ, uh about the energy to get to me today, it's more of seeing where my children are in their past and their goals and their life, because each one of them had a plan, mm-hmm. you know, and they've all fulfilled their plan. My last That's one's, you know, true. getting ready to go to law school to fulfill yeah. her plan. This is what they all wanted to do from eight, nine years old. Yeah. And I told myself, if I'm going to quit drinking, why? Be a children. Yeah, for my children. Be a children. So, Every day, it's like I can't say no, and that's where our family rule came in when we were kid, when they were tiny, and we basically made a family pact and our law and our rule. And I tell yeah. people today, yeah, you give me what 
I asked for and you will get everything you asked for. And yep. people said, you know, that's spoiling your children. No, it's not. You know, it's fulfilling an agreement. I want you to stay in school. I want you to get good grades. I want you to be respectful. I want you to be nice. I want you to help people as much as you can. You give me that and we will move every barrier out of your way to get you to your dreams. Yeah. That's the agreement we made. Yeah, we did. And we're not breaking that agreement. And so the energy is from the fulfillment of watching my children fulfill their dreams. Yes. So it's a reciprocal. I give, they do. I get back. Yeah. Yeah. Let that, let that simmer right there. (laughs) That's an, that's an incredible um, advice for parents out there. I mean, you know, the, you do what I ask and I'll do what you ask. And then the way yeah. that that goes all over. I mean, I don't like to celebrate myself ever at all. I think everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> so for Father's Day, uh, I was asked what I wanted to do. Well, what do I want to do? I want to see my children smile. So I don't want I don't want breakfast made for me. I don't want anything. They want donuts. I went out this morning and I got them donuts. There you go. They they like to play, so we are going to the trampoline park because there you go. that well, A, it's it's gonna pay off for me in the, this afternoon when they're napping. But B yeah. nap time. Uh, watching them run around and laugh and you know, it's it's a feeling that you cannot describe. You can just feel. And that's what parents always yeah. say. And that's I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned since I became a parent. And I've told Mons this, like, you know, when, when he met Mav, I was like, dude, you're kind of over the top right now. Like, I, th- I think you're just like, you're just <laughs> doing this because that's what you think. And then, I, I, you know, I met Anari and it's like, nope, no, that's not over the top. <laughs> now this you is, understand. This is what it is. That's what it is, man. And it's, it's uh, that that's that's what I've decided that I want to do for Father's Day. Uh, even for my birthdays, is I want to do what my kids want to do because that's the gift to me is them. And uh, it is, they are a yeah, gift. Aren't I, they? I, I decided that this week because I don't like, like I said, celebrating myself. So I'm going to celebrate them instead. Of course, that's, of course, and they're going to look that's, back. They're going to look back on it, and they will celebrate they're, you. Yeah, they're not. They, they're not capable of understanding. I hope not. I, I hope they. I hope they celebrate themselves. <laughs> Uh, I think their mother's going to be really good at teaching them that because I, I won't be able to teach them how to do that. But uh, that's that's something that I'm very, uh, yeah, I'm very thankful to be able to do. Yeah, and I can see that uh, from from both of you too um, to your kids that seeing them laugh and then seeing your grandbabies laugh and everything, you know, that's all that matters, man. It's the best feeling ever. Yeah. So what I always tell people, and I don't want to get too morbid here, but on my funeral, as my body's escaping and I'm looking down on my funeral, I'm going to look for my family. (laughs) Family to be there. Um, And close friends as well, of course, but family first. Uh, That's that's all that matters. Um, The last thing I want to leave you guys with, uh, real quick, Jenny in our chat made a great point. It takes a village 
Indeed, it does. It takes a village. It does. Yes, it, it does. does. Um, but let's end this on a good note. Uh, well, we have yes. uh, uh, a happy note. Happier. Aliens? Yes. Aliens? No. Not even happier because obviously no. what we just talked about is the happiest, of course. <laughs> but you know where I'm going. Let's entertainment. Let's go entertainment. Oh, we're talking Wonder Woman 1984? Absolutely not. It's the worst. <laughs> no, we're, talk, we're talking That's good entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That movie. That's a, it's a with... running joke on the podcast. That that's my <laughs> favorite movie. So yeah, he put a uh, a command. So he hits something, something, and it pops up a paragraph. Monte's favorite movie ever is Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> and then and then I also put in there that uh, Jared Leto's his favorite Joker. No, and I said none of that. What? It's <laughs> just fantastic. Just fantastic. Is, my, is the Joker in? But again, I want that's that's what I wanted to talk about. Actually, you know, leave 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 our listeners with something, guys. Your favorite movies. You gotta mm. hear this. You gotta hear this. Wow. And I need just one. I don't want to hear the, which I respect when that's people fine. say that. Mm. I don't, I don't want to hear the, oh, it depends on my mood. It depends oh, on. Oh, don't you hate that? <laughs> but, I, right, but I understand it because sometimes it, it does depend on, in, in the genre, of course, but one movie. One. Oh, I don't mind. I mean, it's. No, you go oh, first. The Usual Suspects. Uh, that's a good uh, I thought you were going to come with Star Trek 2. So. No, no. Usual <laughs> oh, Suspects my changed my life. When Kaiser Sose stopped that limp. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, I could not believe I watched a two spoiler. and a half hour movie. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Right. 30-year-old yeah. spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I sat there and watched a two and a half hour movie and not realizing what was happening in front of me. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was just a great movie. Amazing how they did that. And that was... He sat top, there and explained top. it all, but was lying. All right. Taking the information from the walls and from the, the, the ice, the ashtrays and stuff from the room and made a whole story. For yeah. Incredible. And, and yeah, it was incredible. That was a good that That's my a number one. Movie. That reminds me of like when I saw Snatch for the first time and like all these storylines at the end, the Guy Ritchie mm. movie, which obviously he's done before, but Snatch was like because Brad Pitt was in it, like the big breakout movie. All the storylines mm-hmm. coming together and all of a sudden you're like, I get why we did all this. Like not <laughs> You know, usual suspects, Kevin Spacey, yeah, he's a really douchebag person, but good yeah, actor. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that that role in that movie is on a different level, it right? Like, I mean. Yeah. Different level. It is. It's just a very basic movie, but it's just beautifully written. That mm-hmm. twist. Yeah. yeah, that twist got me. Mm-hmm. Mom? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's easy. The Pursuit of Happiness. No, oh, that's mine. Ooh. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's 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 my all time favorite. That's that's my movie. That's yeah. that movie made me cry. It gets me every single time. Yes, <laughs> right. Even though you know, what's even if I fast, even if I fast forward to that part, <laughs> it still gets me. He must yeah. be wearing some really nice pants. That <laughs> <laughs> is what they say in there, Mom. Why is that your favorite movie? Um. Just to see his struggle and his pain trying to hold on to his son. And um, he was so intelligent. Um, And to see him succeed at the end, you know, and still hang on to his son through that whole process. So it's random fact. His son 
so in the movie, obviously, Will Smith and Jaden Smith, and Jaden in the movie is like seven. But in real life, Chris Gardner's son was 19 months old. Wow. That's what he told wow. me. 19 months old throughout that entire, throughout that capture, you know, that time frame that they took. In the movie, he was 19 months. So sleeping in that subway bathroom. Yeah. 19 month old. I think what they yeah. capture so beautifully in that movie is, <laughs> you know, the way parents, you know, and I mean, anybody can see and kind of relate to is trying to protect your child from the environment, yes. right? Trying to keep, preserve your child's innocence. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. I think that's a great end into this parenthood, fatherhood. I'm going to check out that Kevin Hart movie, Fatherhood, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Right. Can't wait. Uh, guys, mom, dad, I've expressed it enough. Uh, well, there's never too many times. I love you guys. Thank you. Uh, we love you, we too. Love you too. We love you both. Express and happy Father's mom. Day to two of the best. Yep. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, RJ. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the parents out there. Yes. Lastly, guys. Yes. Happy Father's Day. Just like RJ stated. Sorry for coming off there, RJ. That's right. Guys, please check my book out. Nowhere to Run. Please type in Nowhere to Run Monte Ball on Amazon. Check it out. And uh, let me know what you think. Um, I'm excited. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. But. I share it all. I share it all. Thank you, guys. Again, mom and dad, thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. Try to be better tomorrow than we were today. Because at least if we can make it, we try. That's right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.